You're listening to On Stadium Boulevard with Lexi, presented by Blue by 90. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 32 of On Stadium Boulevard. I'm your host, Lexi, with my co-host, Josh and Jordan. So it's been a while since we've we've uh, had a podcast, guys, and it feels good to be back, though. You know, I missed you guys. I know I see you on Twitter all the time, but we don't talk too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a, been a little slow lately with... um basketball and football and, and actually hockey ending recently so you know it's good to get back out here and we have um, a very very special guest for you guys and i'm so excited yes jordan reached out and he'll i'll let him do the introductions but uh we're, we're pretty excited so go ahead yeah so please welcome to the show um former big michigan wolverine basketball player and big 10 champion Stu douglas Big Ten champion. Stu, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah. of course. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Gear, though. What's I that? I have it on the wall. No Michigan gear. I should have been wearing my Michigan oh. gear. <laughs> oh, it's hey, okay. Hey, you got the gear in the background. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> hey, I love that Indiana's finest go to Michigan. <laughs> that was my yeah. favorite poster. So I can't remember who, who made that. Some game. I think it was you but they gave it to me and i was like yeah i'll definitely take that oh so that's from a fan that's pretty cool yeah that's so yeah. Cool. yeah so thanks for coming on um we also see that you have a podcast with uh nick stoskis it looks like you want to tell us a little more about that maybe plug it a little bit yeah yeah i got a couple now i don't know if i'm just plugged into michigan basketball or if i'm just insane <laughs> but uh one with, with field of 68 that i've been doing for for a couple of years called go blue stew and then the one with nick um, is at the uh, Beyond the Big Ten, a uh, new venture we started this past season. Um, that is the Men of Ann Arbor podcast. So, yeah, it's been – you guys know how it is. It's been interesting trying to film that time each week, uh, you know, find guests, talk Michigan basketball. So I have not paid attention to Michigan basketball this much. And I've watched just as much I feel like I did when I was playing, like, like <laughs> back when I was in college. It's, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, I see you on Twitter all the time, man. Like, I love seeing your takes. It's kind of nice to see, like, former players' takes on the program and, like, watching the games and games. So it's a lot of cool – it's a lot of fun to see you out there just kind of giving your opinions on really just anything. Yeah. For sure. I, I appreciate that. In, like, the past – well, from when? Like, 2021 that I was overseas. So, like, I couldn't watch a lot of the games. I'd give the takes or else I was up at, like, 5 a.m. watching it, which is just not good for my health. So I did it sometimes, <laughs> but – it's good to finally be in the same uh, country and be able to watch it. So, yeah, I, I will be on – I'm always going to be active on Twitter. It's just way too much fun. It's like yeah. – even it's a, it's a blast. Over, it's just been nonstop. I've been glued to Ant Wright's Twitter lately with some of the Jaden Aiken stuff. Yeah, it's nuts. It's fun. We've got a really good community on Twitter, especially with Michigan fans. So, it's yeah. enjoyable most days. Yeah. <laughs> passionate. Passionate, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of your pro career um, overseas, what was it like to play overseas? And uh, I think you played in Israel, right? So, I mean, yeah. what was it like there? How, how was it? What's the level of play like and the lifestyle? Yeah, it's, um, man, I could, that could like an hour long conversation, <laughs> but it, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of good talent. It, it's pretty interesting, especially in Israel. You know, you have your different countries and your different leagues. Um, I think EuroLeague basketball, like at the very top is some of the best ball around i think you know luka Doncic even alluded to it like it's easier to score in the nba than in the Euro league and i don't think that's crazy it doesn't mean you're better but like there's really good basketball over there israel is pretty solid so they're still trying to develop um management side of everything so you got you know weren't necessarily basketball players and they're just kind of looking at staying players but it, Israel was fun. It was a lot of Americans there on, on your team. Um, a lot of English spoken. The weather was unbelievable. I did not miss the weather, weather uh, the winters whatsoever. Um, food was great. So, yeah, it's um, it it was uh, it was great. While well, definitely happy to be home, and I don't I don't miss that side of basketball anymore. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. I was glad I did it for that long. So do you still have plans to continue playing or do you think you want to just pursue other things or? Well, sometimes I'm all like a YMCA hero ends on when we start <laughs> up, but my team yeah. actually got kicked out of the playoffs <laughs> the last league we were in. So 
I might have to find a new league here in Indy. Uh, <laughs> but that, gotcha. that's basically it. That's all I'm doing is just kind of some rec stuff. Yeah. Did right. you see that news about the Michigan alumni teaming up for the basketball tournament this summer? Wait, what? What was it? There's a alumni team? Yeah, the for the basketball, they call it the basketball tournament. And I saw that oh, they're yeah. going to get Trey Burke and there's a big list of guys. I wondered yeah. if you knew about that or. Listen, I that I don't know if I can cuss, but that pisses me off. I've literally, <laughs> since the inception of TBT, it came to me right when TBT started. And they said, hey, uh, we want you to put together a Michigan team, like a Michigan alum team. I was like, all right, I'll do my best. And so I asked guys around, they didn't really take it seriously. I even asked guys that I knew were like diehard basketball players in the summer. And they're like, this isn't a real tournament. Like back then it was half a million dollars. Like that's not a real thing. I was like, okay. So then I kept playing in it every year. And it would eventually, those guys would end up committing to other teams in the next summer. So I'm like, see before, like this was serious. Like what's going on? And then I never, I quit. I quit trying to organize everybody. It got too tough for the Michigan side. So that's hilarious that they're organizing a team. I wonder (laughs) Wonder who put that together? Check that out. Yeah, so, it, like literally, like just a few hours ago, the official basketball account tweeted something about it, and there was like, yeah, like yeah. I think J- Trey Burke, John Teske, just all sorts of names kind of were out there. Yeah, so. I don't know if they have it all together. Yet. I don't know if they've everybody committed to do it yet, but they had like a wish list out there. I don't know. You okay. might need to get yeah, your I name saw in there. Today, but that was the first yeah. I heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If they've organized something, I'm gonna have some words with people. But it's <laughs> it's taken a while to build up. I think you know with my teams. When Beeline took over, there was no real connection with the Amerker guys. And now there's, ever since I started in 2008, there's just a, a big group now that's really coming together, and even older guys before that. But, uh, I mean, Teske and Trey, that's a pretty good team to start with, I'd say. Yeah. So um, what was your recruitment process to Michigan like? Like, how did it come about? Um, yeah, and how, what was it like, I guess? Yeah. Uh, recruitment was hell, to be honest. It was <laughs> – I, I remember going through it and saying I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was unbelievable talking to grown men and not being able to get a call back or an answer on something, um, being ghosted by 40, 50-year-old men during recruitment. I was like, this isn't – I thought we were supposed to respect these guys. Beeline did not do that. Beeline was pretty honest throughout the whole process. Um, you know, with Michigan, I always wanted – you know, ever since – Virginia teams, I knew that I wanted to that he was definitely a team in the Big Ten. And my goal growing up in Indiana was to play in the Big Ten. That's what I wanted to do. But I hated IU and Purdue. I, I never liked them at all. I never want to play for them. And I didn't really like Samson Purdue. I maybe would have been, you know, more lenient towards playing there. But basically, you know, it, my recruitment went. I really thought that IU, Purdue, Notre Dame, some other schools, I even tried to commit to Colorado and they wouldn't take me because I wanted to go to Michigan. So like that, all, I really wanted to get all the other scholarship offers just so Beeline would offer me. But he was a slower recruiter back then. He was very methodical. And so in my session, I mean, he was waiting on Clay Thompson to either commit or not. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. very low. Like, so that makes sense. Back then, um, he had eventually had to learn how to speed things up. And it was like, yeah, that guy's ranked 20th. You should probably just offer him as a 16-year-old. It's fine. Like, you'll figure it out. He he was always communicative through the whole process. Um, John Mahoney, recruitment assistant coach. I love John. He was amazing. Um, You know, at the end there, they did. It was, you know, it's it's hard to have that seventh guy when you know you're that seventh guy's probably who we're going to offer and get, but we got to go through one through six first. But that doesn't mean, you know, as a seventh guy, it wasn't tough. I remember my dad pulling Mahoney, like, we doing here like are you offering or not we went on a visit and we offered when we were on the visit me and my dad went back up um after we'd already gone there i think the year before and they're like we can't give you an answer one way or another and i was like okay well we'll just we'll just hang on to it i hung on to it for so long i literally tried to commit to jeff bezdelic at colorado who i, I did not want to play for bezdelic I, did, I didn't really like his personality at all but that was like the biggest <laughs> school that it offered and i called him and he told me he can't – he's like, I won't accept your uh, – you taking this. Like, I, I know you don't want to go here. It's been too long. I, I know you want to go to Michigan, and, like, your heart isn't here. And I remember – I think I was, like, on 465 up here at Indy and, like, just crying in the back seat. It's like, what am I going to do here? Uh, but it ended up being all right. Yeah, it was it was a roller coaster to say. A roller coaster for it to go through. It was, it was a trip. 
Wow. That's so crazy. So, like, was there a team you were um, a fan of growing up? Were you always a Michigan fan, or did, did you root for any teams in Indiana? Or No, I really I really wasn't a Michigan fan. Um, and it was funny. I had a buddy who was an, a huge Ohio State football fan, so I loved uh, <laughs> that Maurice Claret team when they won. That was really fun, and I think it was Ted Gann was on that team. But I wasn't, yeah. like, an Ohio State football fan all in all. But, uh, yeah, never really watched Michigan. I was a Butler fan. I really liked Butler. I went oh, to their okay. basketball camps. Um, Darnell Archie, I don't know that name rings a bell. He had the, I think he still has a record, or maybe he got broken recently for most consecutive makes of free throw attempts um, in NCAA history. He was my JV coach, actually. And oh. so that was pretty funny. Um, oh. Yeah, I always loved Butler. Um, just being right there. And Hinkle is just so cool. And like, if you're a kid, basketball camp and you like make it to the championship game and you got to play on Hinkle, and that was just, it was really cool. So that, that was. You know, maybe in hindsight, you know, there's always uh, Visions 2020, right? In hindsight, like, there's some regrets. I wish, in all in all, like, I could have gone to Butler. That would have been a cool story. But that would have been, like, my only school I really would have uh, wanted to go to that route for as a kid. Yeah, Butler is such a historic program. I know going to Hinkle is kind of on my bucket list. It seems like a lot of fun to watch a game there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to do like it. There's really no bad seat in the house. It's awesome. So coming from Indiana, um, wasn't it Zach Novak from Indiana too? Yeah, he was from up north. Yep, Chesterton. So did you guys know each other at all coming out of Indiana or play against each other in high school or not really? No, not in high school. They were too far up north. Um, okay. Cross paths in the summer. Now, he did play for Indiana Elite. He played for the first team, and I played for the second team. I played him too. He, he he didn't start. He only got – they didn't play him all the time because they had guys from like out of state. It was a very – a Oddly ran AAU program to say the least, but the second team was like all Indiana guys, and I wanted him to come over. I eventually got one guy to come over, one of my high school teammates. He was on that team. I had, had on the second team. He had a lot more fun. So I wish he would have. That'd have been fun. But the first time I ever met him um, was at like a one of those like high school All Star games. It wasn't the official Indiana All Stars because I didn't mm-hmm. make Indiana All Stars, but it was uh, one of those, and I met him. Um, yeah, and I can still remember the stories that I can't repeat that he was telling me back then and still the same Novak kind of like calmness. And it, yeah, it's hilarious to think back uh, when I met him the first time. Yeah, you guys were like my favorite duo when I was in like middle school. Like you guys got me into Michigan basketball, really. So really I love interesting that. to hear about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was like 10 years old and I'm going to your <laughs> Michigan career. Everyone knows about it. The shot at Breslin. What was that like for you? Oh, yeah it's hilarious to still relive it every year um, <laughs> on this day. <laughs> yeah exact time and to be honest for the longest time i i never really i mean i saw the importance of it if you'd have told me back then i thought that we still could have had a really good season and made the tournament if we didn't win that game now probably 90 percent of people don't believe that but i really thought we were making strides from that game and i never really found the importance of it going through it, but I'll, I'll never forget um, Jay Shunar was a manager there. And, sorry, he's coaching somewhere, and I'm sorry, Jay, I can't remember, but he was driving Beeline to the uh, to airport, and this was like, I don't know, five years ago or six, yeah, six years ago, something like that, and he turns to Jay, I think unprompted, and was like, I don't know where I'd be if Stu didn't hit that shot against Michigan State, and I was like, I don't <laughs> This, I mean, that's like really high praise, but I still think he would have been there and had all the success in the world um, because, I mean, he wasn't coaching too much differently before and after that. So it is kind of odd to see, like, the reaction to it. Uh, I it try to be humble. So you need to like, be better. At, yeah, yeah. You need to be better, like, accepting that. But, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's funny. It's got its ups and downs, how I, how I do yeah, it. It's one of like my first Michigan basketball memories. I really, I really vividly remember. It was just yeah, it's such a great memory, and a lot of people do look back and I and think, wow, did that really kind of jumpstart a really great run in the program? So yeah, I know. You bring that shot, shoe. They're they're young. I'm like, I was in college. I'm just <laughs> you. I was having the time of my life. Like I loved it. it was yeah, from... Go ahead. For me, I was gonna say for me, like I grew up, Michigan basketball was terrible. So. I mean, I just didn't really watch it. And then when yeah. your team came around and you hit that shot, like, I'd never seen Michigan beat Michigan State before, let alone at Breslin. So, like, it was huge. I was so excited. Yeah, it was a big memory for me. Yeah, that was the best night. Like, you never 
think maybe we'd win at home. You know, we'd go out or something. Um, but I was young, even like I didn't turn 21 until end of my junior year, so I didn't really get to like celebrate too many wins at the bar. <laughs> you know, it was at Michigan State and it was so close, and we got back and we got to like that was like the one game where we got to celebrate with the student, the bar, the night of, and it was like it was skeeps, right? They had the projectors on the wall, and it was just replaying over and over again. And it was <laughs> hilarious. Now, it was just a bunch of frat bros buying us drinks, but they were still free drinks. So it hey. was that was definitely the most fun night all in all in college I had. Awesome, That's man. Awesome. <laughs> so what was it like playing for Coach Beeline? Yeah, it was, you know, it's, a, it's interesting asking me that now um, – I'm it, it, everything. I'm I'm a, a like authority first of all, and he's a microman. Thank you, froze a little bit. Uh oh, oh we lose uh, you. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, I don't know where it left off, but I can I can keep. Oh, <laughs> uh, you like just started. Not, yeah. he's a micromanager. Okay, yeah. He's a, uh, you know, we, we would butt heads because, yeah, I, I never really liked authority too much. And he's a micromanager to a T, right? Every little detail, the pivoting, the passing, the seams, all of it. And I learned to appreciate all of that as time went on. Um, I can never look at basketball the same. Like I'm watching help side defense in the NBA games, you know, rather like critiquing that rather than like celebrating a dunk or something. So like he's forever changed the way I view basketball and, and that coaching staff that just all the coaches were amazing. Um, yeah, it was it, very interesting to get into the business of college basketball. And my first day he was already calling me soft and my first drill on my first day, he was calling me soft. And I was like, this wasn't like recruitment at all. And he was trying to send a message. He wasn't like super serious looking back at, it, I can tell, um, but it was, yeah, you got you got thrown that real quick. And, and, like, Beeline is there to win games, and if you're not going to do that for him, like, get the hell out of the way. And so that was a, a rude awakening, um, something you had to learn to lay in, kind of develop your own dreams around, right? Because, like, every guy comes into it with their own personal dreams. And then you have to figure out how you can or cannot work those, the, the team dreams. Like, how, how, do, how do I fit in with my goals? Because – you know, we love the team, the team, the team, but all these guys have their own individual dreams and goals. And so like college basketball was not the end all be all for me. I did not like that was a stepping stone shooting baskets in sixth grade. My little Tykes uh, basketball goal like that was to play pro basketball. I was Reggie Miller. I wasn't I wasn't, you know, Damon Bailey at IU. I was thinking I was Reggie Miller for the Pacers. So, you know, it's interesting to, to find that dynamic. And I only tried to start to figure it out like a few years into being a pro and like seeing all come in and, and mesh those egos and those dreams together. It's a, it is a trip. And to do that with teenagers is like, I mean, I don't envy college coaches to say the least, but you know, I think, I think there's a lot of guys that do a really good job. And I think Beeline got even better with it as the years went on. I mean, you saw guys like he knew he needed to let talent breathe. Um, and you saw like even like him and Jordan Poole would get in arguments on the court and then be fine afterwards. And, like that was, I think, maybe a little more abnormal for him. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he's just been used to that all the time. But um, yeah, it was it's it's football is very unique in so many ways. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain a little bit at times, like what you go through, because um, you kind of have to put your especially, you know, not not so much now and it's growing. Definitely. And I think in a good direction. But. When I played and definitely even before me, you had to put your personal stuff aside. Like they didn't want to hear it, right? Like it was unspoken. Tim Hardaway is taking maybe some tough shots because, you know, he wants to go to the NBA. And it's like, we all, I all, I knew that. Like I know when Trey or like Tim or Trey are forced a shot, like that's what they're trying to showcase, right? They're worried about points. You know, like it's, it was, you know, there's some selfish aspects of everything we do. So it's a, uh, it was very interesting to kind of learn about that and learn about what your teammates and all that. So it was cool. Mm -hmm. gotcha. yeah, that's really interesting. That's awesome. I love Beeline um, so much. So there's any stories about him. It's just so great, you know, just, yeah. and I mean, it's like the wanting to win, you know, then you, you just saw that through his career, like every year it was just the hunger for it, you know, and miss him. But, you know, I, lo I lo <laughs> love those times. Love, love it. 
Yeah, are there so, any um, um, favorite memories or funny beeline moments that you can share, that you're able to share? <laughs> oh, I think he's frozen again. I think we lost him. <laughs> he's frozen, but that's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, no. Do <laughs> we lose you still? <laughs> What a face! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think oh man, you guys! Oh. I, I just love I love yeah I love hearing about Beeline. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I can do is I'll have him edit it. So I'll have to edit it out a little bit. Twenty twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight is where or twenty twenty five. Oh. I think he's gonna rejoin. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask him about the tournament team. I want to write that actually, 2028. It's like, I'm, is this just like StreamYard screwing up or? Oh, there we go. Welcome back. Wow. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to get closer to the router. Maybe that will help. Oh, okay. <laughs> Same problem. No worries, man. It's not the first we'll time. We'll just uh, start right back where we went. So. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, go ahead, Josh. All right. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, so you were on the team that um broke that long tournament drought. So, um, what was that experience like? Were you guys, like, sweating it out on Selection Sunday? Did you have a good feeling you were going to make it? So, you know, want, you want to talk about that experience a little bit? Yeah, it was – that was pretty funny. Obviously, everyone was excited. Um, but I had – I was 99.9% .9 sure we were in. So, we did that whole Selection Sunday. We put all the chairs. And we sat there in uh, Chrysler Arena at the time on the court. And I was like, why are we doing this? Like, I just want to go home. Like, I know we're in. Like, I really don't really care about this. I just want to win a basketball game in the tournament. And so we got announced and everyone just freaked out and jumped up. And I was like, we, I was like, we just talked about this in the locker room, guys. Like, we, we know we're in. I don't understand why we're so excited about this. And I think that was like Beeline instilling in me to like look forward to the next game and keep moving forward. Um, and that's kind of just how I've always been anyway. So I didn't get super hyped i think maybe that was a uh, a negative attribute of mine was never being able to like really relish in some of the wins um but i really wanted to win that tournament game i was like i just want to win in the tournament like making it doesn't really matter because i i knew right. we were good enough and like this is where we should go and i don't know if i got i don't think we got cocky sophomore year but that was definitely the expectation from then on and that was instilled in us and i think that was that was huge to have that mentality like we should be there is was it was big so like beating clemson that year to get that tournament one that probably felt really good didn't it yeah yeah definitely and and getting elbowed by terrence oglesby and getting him kicked out of the game that was yeah <laughs> gosh i forgot about yeah that was pretty funny um he our strength coach actually came from clemson and the year prior i think he, i think he was the year prior he was at clemson and he told us like this team is dysfunctional, guys. Like, there's, <laughs> if you if you stay strong, they'll fall apart. And sure enough, that's oh, we oh. lost. Oops, sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much they fell apart, and I felt really confident we we could get that um, round one win. Now the second round game against Oklahoma was obviously going to be a lot tougher, and we didn't play anywhere near close enough to win that game. But that was uh, it was interesting to see that level. Because, you know, you get so used to – even your freshman year, you're like, all right, we're going to play the Big Ten. You play them twice, and you get used to, like, that type of talent. And then you're like, oh, God, there's NBA talent all around the country, and you got to go play against them. It's a different style. And, like, you know, there's very rarely anybody like Blake Griffin anyways at any yeah. year in college basketball. So <laughs> that was a unique experience. But, yeah, we – it was – that was a lot of fun to get that first win. I remember the front page of – I don't know if it was the Michigan Daily or whatever, but it had me, like, fist pumping with my tongue out. And that was like my favorite picture that uh, anybody had ever took taken of me in college. And I thought my mom had that newspaper. I was going to try and get that, but I don't, I don't remember where that went. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, I still have a grudge against Blake Griffin for that game. Even when he played for the Pistons, it was hard for me to get over that. I'm yeah, so mad yeah. about that one, but. I hear it. Yeah. He ducked all over us. It was really <laughs> um, Were there any funny or like favorite beeline moments that you're able to share on the podcast that you can speak of? 
Oh man, what are some funny moments? Um, there's always there's always plenty. One of my favorites. I was telling this the other day. He, uh, you, you know, he had high expectations for people, and and you'd be messing something up in practice, and it was like we can't be having this, right? Like you can't be messing up anything, especially when you're starting and playing a lot of minutes. And he, when he was talking with me, and I remember I had a, it was freshman year and I was trying to get into business school and I had to take a calculus class. Well, calculus in college was way tougher than it was in high school. And I actually never really wanted to go to the business school anyway. So I ended up pretty much like flunking that class almost, <laughs> but I had a final that day and I like slept in the final. Beeline didn't know that. And I knew that I had like gotten no better than a C on that final. And I was not going to get the grade I needed to go to business school. So anyways, I go to practice after that final and I'm just, I, I don't know. I didn't sleep the night before I was tired. The final went bad. So I'm like, practice is going horrible for me and I'm messing it up. And he's like looking at me like I have four eyes. He's like, what's going on with you? And he stopped in the practice. And I think it was like the third time something. And he's like, didn't you just have a calculus final? Like, aren't you smart? And, and I like turned to CJ Lee um and under my breath and i was like yeah i failed it <laughs> and cj and beeline didn't hear it and usually like if, if beeline's yelling at you like don't say anything whatsoever and so i'm glad he was looking away when i said it and cj just starts cracking up and beeline's like what's going on here i'm like nothing like nothing i was so delirious that day that i thought it would be smart to crack a joke in the middle of him yelling at me and that was i'm just glad i got away with it <laughs> that's so funny I feel like we don't hear a lot of stories about Coach Beeline. Um, I don't know. He's really he seems like a really humble guy, and he doesn't really like to talk about himself a lot. So it's really interesting to hear things about him behind the scenes. I, you know, I don't feel like we get to hear a lot about that. But. He's a. I'll give you a little, not a story, but he's like, he's very funny. Like he's um, <laughs> he's witty, but he he's really good at. I wouldn't say making fun of people, but definitely like that kind of banter he's really good at. And he's really good at like observational humor like that with people where he's like, he, he would never say it out loud cause he's, you know, he's a good guy and he wants, he's, he got that good image to uphold, but like he was, he's funny when he calls somebody stupid, you know, like in the <laughs> basketball world. And I think that uh, he was doing those games. He, he was calling the games, I think for the big 10, right? Or he was doing something yeah. live calling games some color. And I remember thinking like, he would be really, really good at this job if he just kind of, let himself loose and didn't worry about like hurt other people's feelings. Or whatever. And that's like a little known fact is like, he's a, he's, he's funny. And he, you know, he's got, um, I don't, I wouldn't call it a mean streak. I don't know how to quite describe it, but he's, he's definitely got that side of him. He's not all goody two shoes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, what would you say is like your most favorite memory um, of playing at Michigan? I think, um, I don't know. We talked about a few of them, and I know one of mine, of uh, one of my favorite memories of your career was the dunk against Tennessee. Mm. Um, I don't know. Just curious, what your favorite one was? Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. That was really fun. That was um, one of the only moments where you were on a big stage like that, and you kind of felt like royalty, right? You're like, we can't be touched right now. And <laughs> to learn after the fact that we had broken the record for like largest win in an eight nine game um that was that was a lot of fun like to ride that high for a little bit which seemed like 12 hours and you had to move on to the next <laughs> film study which like, might have even been that night to be honest with you but um that that was a lot of fun some of those wins were really fun but to come back to it like you had to move on right you couldn't celebrate your wins right. too much in a quick funny beeline story with that one was before that dunk, I had a really long three, and we were already up by a lot, I think. But we were just torching Tennessee, and I think they were in a zone for some reason, which was dumb. But I had <laughs> a possession before that dunk or a few possessions before I shot, like, it was probably like a 30-foot three. I mean, it was insane, and it went in because everyone was feeling it that day. And in film the next day, like, we're watching film, and, you know, everyone's still, like, kind of buzzing from the game. We have, like, a lot of good clips, not too many bad clips, and – you know, Beeline's not upset about anything, not not too many things corrected. And he gets to that three. And he usually every time he plays a clip, he'll play it, bring it back, play it again, bring it back. Then you want to talk about it. You want to play it again, talk about it, bring it back. Like you'll watch it. You can watch it 10 times in a row if you really want to <laughs> you know, rewind that many times. 
And it was no different than on that day, except for that clip. When I hit that three, I think it was like under the good clips. I think maybe Bakari put it under the good clips. One of the assistant coaches put it under the good section. He, he pressed play on the clip. He paused it afterwards. And he goes, don't shoot that again. And then he went to the next clip. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean I can't shoot that again? He goes, I was going to shoot like all 30-foot bombs against Duke the next, next game. But, yeah, it was like, really? You can't give me any props here? Dang. That's so funny. <laughs> He's just so by the book, you know. Oh it's, man, yeah, he can't help himself. And that, that's why yeah. he's so successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is the perk and you know, curse and a blessing, I guess. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as, as a 20, 18, 19, 20 year old kid, you're like, will this guy just get off me? Like, yeah, I can't even celebrate my wins. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that part, that part can get exhausting. But I mean, that's that's those are the kind of details you have to pay attention to if you want to win like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So you played with Trey Burke for a year. Um, could you tell, like, right away when he came in, like, this guy's special, or um, what was that like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it was – I don't know how quickly we learned it. Because usually playing the summers, I don't remember – I mean, he had to have been there, right? But I, I know definitely in practice, when practice started, he was just so natural, even under pressure of practice. Like, you know, freshman year you come in – top guys even will come in and just, you know, have a hard time kind of showcasing their talent. But he had a lot of like, I don't know if you ever seen Manu and that, t- that um, Greg Popovich story where Greg was like yelling at Manu and Manu said, I'm Manu. Like, this is what I do. And that was kind of like Dre. Like he, he wasn't, he never had to say that to Beeline, but like Trey just came in and like, yeah, I, I play point guard and I handle the ball a lot and I shoot. Like, I don't understand just because I'm a freshman, like we're going to change everything. Like he just right. had that mentality, like, he was going to play his game the whole time. And I think the first time that I really took notice of a big time was in a one-on-one drill we had. It was like me and maybe Carlton Brundage and, and Trey, like all the guys who would play point guard. And I don't know if we were going hundred percent, but like I was having a hard time stopping Trey. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is kind of bizarre. Cause I've stopped a lot of really talented big 10 guys that are super quick and like, Trey is quick, but he's not like the bounciest, most athletic, fastest guy ever. And he was just scoring, scoring, scoring. And like he'd hit tough shots all the time. And as weeks went on, you're like, oh, these aren't a fluke. Like he actually hits those runners in the lane, Um, like NBA style shots as an 18 year old kid. And that like right away, I think he didn't start our scrimmage or exhibition game, exhibition game against Eastern Michigan or something in I think Zach and I went to him, or at least I did, and was like, he needs to start at point guard. Like, there's no reason for him not to. I would rather play the two anyways. I'm better leading from that position and seeing the game better. Like, playing point guard and having to, like, watch the whole game at the same time is too much. Like, we can just let Trey be point guard, and I can lead from the two spot. So, it was just a really perfect mesh, um, something that fell under our lap. I mean, we knew Trey was good because we watched him in high school, but – you don't. You just never know what you're going to get with an 18 year old kid, um, and it just worked out really well that year. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. That yeah. was such a fun team. That was like winning that first Big Ten title, and I don't remember how many years it was, but it was it was really incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's still a little painful because we lost to Purdue at home on senior night. Um, not only to what would have been a, a winning or um, undefeated record at home, but then that would have been probably an outright big thing. Outright, right. Yeah. Cause I was split. So that, that would have been really fun to be picked wherever we were picked to finish that year in the big 10 and hold the trophy outright. That would have been unbelievable. But that's like the one thing that I kind of come back on. I don't, I'm not bitter about it anymore, but it's like that always like sits in my head. Like what, what could have been with that? Right. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered that about the shared title thing. Like if the teams care about that or, so it's interesting to hear that perspective. You know, maybe if we had the talent of like Ohio State that year or, you know, you know, Michigan, I don't know, maybe Draymond, the expectations, but like we had just, we clawed and fought so hard to get to that level. We're like, yeah, we'll take a share of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and we, we fought so hard. I mean, and even it hurt us in the tournament. We got to the tournament and it was a complete letdown. And guys, we had peaked like way before that. Like it was like we yeah. – I mean, maybe you guys saw the clip where we got back from Penn State and we watched William Buford hit the shot to beat Michigan State so that we all tied for the Big Ten title. And, I mean, that was 
we expended a lot of mental energy just watching that game, uh, let alone like playing the rest of the season. So it was it was a lot just to get to that point. It was an interesting lesson in team goals for the year. You know, you get, you know, you get a lot of teams like disappointed in the regular season. You know, Michigan's had it in the past couple of years, right? Like especially mm-hmm. two years ago with that um, Sweet Sixteen run. And it was like, yeah, but the but the regular season sucked. And it's like, all right, well, which one, which one do you want? Because it, they're right. both, they're really, really tough to do. Like watch what yeah. Purdue did this year. It's really hard to keep that peak all year long. And so I'm a firm believer that like your top programs, yeah, you want to be playing well and you want a top seed, but like you, you're, you're just going to want to be peaking in March. Mm-hmm. It's, all, right. it's always like such an interesting debate. People debate like on regular season success versus tournament success. So kind of hear like yeah. a, a former player's take on it. It's really interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a balance there. Some, yeah. I mean, some guys, you know, there's only so many teams that can just. And, and nowadays, game like with the portal now, talent is getting spread out. Like you're just not going to have probably any more of those really, really, really dominant teams. It just you saw it this year again. Like it's it's going to be probably the same moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that 2012 team. Oh, with Michigan State a lot though. I feel like Michigan State fans, it's always like postseason or a regular season, and it's like. Listen, both are great, but, you know, it's always better going farther in March. And that's just like – I mean, I, I like having the title, though. I will say that. But yeah. it's yeah. always the most fun when, you, when you're kicking off in March. I think oh, the yeah. Sparty fans enjoy kind of changing the narrative, though, to whatever goes along with the most recent season <laughs> or whatever. That's just what I've noticed. But. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. It's funny how you can manipulate numbers and people. It's like number, numbers can be manipulated. Like they're not set in right. You can look at any stat you want. Or like yeah. my favorite is when you go, and Michigan fans will do this a little bit too. Where they go the last twenty years, and then they'll go, okay, well the last thirty years, and it's like, right. how far back are we going here? What's the debate? I don't understand. Right. Always those little convenient time frames, you know, that helps make your team look the best, you know. Exactly. So, um, do you like still keep up with some of your former teammates, um, or, or even like have like a favorite teammate that you played with? You know, someone that was just like your boy. Yeah, I. I've tried to do a better job of that in the past couple of years. Um, you know, when I was overseas, it was tough enough to like talk with my mom enough times and keep up with my friends. And so I didn't do a really good job of keeping up with former teammates, but you know, now that since I've been retired and been back really trying to do that more often and get back into, you know, we, we went to the alumni game against Michigan state this past year. That was the first time I ever been in Chrysler for a live game. So that was a lot of fun um and try and do more of that we're trying to get guys together next fall for a football game from you know my years and a couple years after i think like that championship like 13 to 8 to 07 or whatever those years were um so it'll be cool to get that going and you know it's tough it's tough when you're in your 20s and you're moving around and Mm -hmm. you know you want to party in the city that you're in or you don't want to leave like (laughs) so it's you know when you get in your 30s you start reflect on what's important to you and you're like oh yeah i should go back and build those relationships back up again so i actually went and visited novak uh what is time it was a month ago two months ago i remember what it was um yeah in march and stayed up there in his house uh in suburbs of chicago play with his two kids it's hilarious that he has two kids it's so funny um so it was really fun to connect that way and and hopefully do more of that but yeah it's um you get separated right all across the country and you got you know, some guys are overseas and, you know, Texan is, is great, but there's only, you know, there's only so many texts you want to send diving into someone, someone else's life. And you're like, after the seventh one, it's like, man, you, my mom always says like, I, I'll text her like three times in a row and she'll call me. And she's like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, can't <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's easy to stay connected like with social media and stuff, but to have those like real meaningful relationships is something I'm hoping to develop a little more of as the years go sure. on. Yeah. Well, that's great. So do you have um, like a favorite place you played in college or like a least favorite place? Uh, Madison Square Garden, bar none, like just unbelievable. Um, and it helped that we beat UCLA and that it was my freshman year weren't, and we were underdogs. Um, but on that stage, I mean, Duke was there and and yeah it was that stage and i would have loved to play in staples center i can't remember what it's called now but when, when it was staples and it, just how it's set up right it's like it, it is like it's, it's a stage it, it's all the lights it's like very dark in the stands and like to look out 
and a few rows up in the top. It's really dark and like all the lights are on the court. It's just unbelievable atmosphere. And back then, um, well, in that arena, because the NBA arena, the guys could drink. So there was a lot of drunk fans there, <laughs> Michigan fans. And I think someone at halftime of the game was like, Stu, you're the best player on the team. And I'm like, Manny's right there. Like, I, I think you should be saying that to Manny. So it was cool to like, get some drunk fans because we weren't used to that in, in Chrysler at all. Um, and Chrysler still doesn't serve it, do they? Okay. No, no, they don't. Oh, not yet. Yeah, they need to get on that. But yeah, that was definitely far away my favorite. But college, it was IU and Purdue because all my friends went to IU and Purdue. So that, that was cool to play in front of those <laughs> those people and, and just uh, to win on those courts as well after like not liking IU and Purdue my whole life. That was a lot of fun. Was there a reason why you didn't like them? Any particular I, reason? I hated Bob Knight. I hated Bob <laughs> Knight. And Jim Katie was Bob Knighty. Uh, Bob Knight. Bob uh, Light. He was just like Diet Bob Knight. So, uh, yeah. So that I was like, yeah, I'm not all about this like yelling discipline. I'm like, I, I just I remember even back then, like coaches, like my coaches. I grew up in small town Indiana, and they loved Bob Knight. Right? Anybody who coached basketball in Indiana loved right. him. And like discipline, got to be disciplined. I'm like, that guy is an ass. Like, he, and then he came out and choked a kid. And I was like, see, he's not a good person. I knew this like as a kid. I'm like, well, how do you guys <laughs> to see this? And so it was, I was like, I'm never, I never want to play for somebody like that. I don't want to root for somebody like that. So yeah, that pretty much tarnished everything. And then when I was going through recruitment, Kelvin Sampson was at IU and he was um, less than an ideal recruiter. So I, it was just kind of stuck for a while. And, and Crean, I, I hated Crean. So it was, it just kept going on and on and on. Yeah, that's interesting because it seems like everybody that grows up in Indiana, they're like big fans of one or the other. So it's interesting to hear that you didn't like either of them. Yeah, my, my mom calls me a mismatcher. She thinks that I like to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. <laughs> so I think like everyone, like they were IU fans. I was like, I'm going to go be a fan of Butler and UNC. Like, screw you guys. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's probably part of it. <laughs> so is there... um. A place you played that was just like the toughest home court advantage that you ever played in? Ooh, that's tough. For whatever reason, Ohio State, I we, we never won in Ohio State. And that arena is way too big. It's it's just mm -hmm. an NBA arena. It's not intimate. But it was – they were just intimidating on their home court. Now, they were always intimidating. I mean, those Ohio State teams we played were unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I, I saw Evan Turner for the podcast. We did a live podcast in Chicago, and he's um, – runs our network as part of him and Iguodala and, and he's part of the production team and his own podcast and so on. Right. But they started it. And so he was there and I was looking at him. I was like, Oh my God, he, he, he's like, he's so much, he's like six, eight, like in like <laughs> yeah. six, eight, I talked with my buddies and players. It's like, that's like the threshold. When you get past six, eight, like you're really tall and you're an NBA player. Like that's like, now you've made it. And I'm like, dang, this dude, I used to guard this guy. Like this is impossible. <laughs> I don't know how I even try to do it. Um, so those, those teams were always tough, but Maryland was shockingly, I didn't know about it. We, we played them in the ACC challenge before they made, um, joined the big 10 and that, that place can get really rocking. And now again, we played against an unbelievable guard. Grievous Vasquez was just unbelievable point guard, college basketball player, but that, that arena is sick. The, the fans are all in unison and they're all around. The students go all the way around the court mm -hmm. and they have one wall like behind one of the uh, baskets that I swear to God, it looks like a wall. It looks, it's like so vertical that like, if you look behind it you can get lost, like in, you know, staring at it too long. It kind of looks like a wall of kids. So that, that place was really, really cool. That's kind of something I wish Chrysler would do with their students, especially with the maze rage, go all the way around or something. Yeah, like, I feel like when you played there, it used to be really loud and maybe not as much anymore. But it's, you know, I, it's it's hard to tell on TV because I mm -hmm. think TV does a really good job now of being able to dimmer to dim like some mm -hmm. of that noise. Mm -hmm. I know there's like clips that didn't like a game we played against UConn at home, and it was super loud on TV. And then compared to some game last year, somebody had a clip. They're like how much louder it was back in oh nine or whatever it was. <laughs> and then, you know, listen to people at the game and they're like, no, 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 it was loud. Like it was really loud. And I went to the Michigan State game and it was I mean, it wasn't blowing my ears off, you know, like the old Kings games, but it was uh I mean it was loud. So I don't know if it's it's I I don't wanna oh, okay. on the student section, 
but um, I think there's more that the school could do for the student section in terms of placement, but that's hard to do. You know, Michigan, it's right. got, they like their traditions and also money is very important. So like that section where students have always been, or fans have always been sitting like across the benches, that uh, that's probably gonna be hard to give up for some students, right. some season ticket holders. For sure. Yeah, so do you have any thoughts on this incoming Michigan basketball like group of transfers, this classes they got coming in? Like, how are you feeling about it? What are you thinking so far? Yeah, I I, I feel feel good. Um, it's unfortunate Papa couldn't come. I know there's some of the issues with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. requirements, and then that sucks for him. That's just really tough for him. You know, even if he had played zero minutes, this is a tough thing to go through. So I feel for him on that, but I, I feel good about where they have talent i mean they needed a guy to come in and score they got Caleb love and you can say what you want about him mm-hmm. last year but he's got a new opportunity i mean he can be a guy that he took him the year before that they went to the national championship right Caleb was just cooking i mean he was unbelievable so he he obviously has that talent um they've got a lot at the four and five spot right now i'm very interested to see how they go about that i really do think that they can play Trace as a stretch five. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, I still got to get used to some of these names. These some new guys. I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. But I, I, it's gonna be interesting to see how they they balance him with Terrace and how they want to play. How much they want to throw Terrace in the fire and see how that works. They're just gonna automatically go into the year saying they're gonna play him 30 plus minutes. We'll see. But I, I think they are piecing together the right pieces. I think to build around Doug and Caleb as the main ball handlers and have. Um, Burnett fight for the three spot, see what happens with Jalen and his recovery and what happens there and his placement. I mean, there's no reason you can't go three guards at times in NCAA game in any college basketball game, depending on matchups. Um, so I think they're gonna have more depth, which is really nice. I, you know, will um will some guys, you know, we'll just see where the development goes. I'm, I'm blanking on names. Cheddar, we'll see where, where Cheddar develops. I'm really interested to see what, how he develops. Will Terrence play more of a three and D type spot at the three spot? So there's just a lot of question marks, but they definitely have more talent and more options. Um, and that's huge. I think there was a lot of issues last year with trusting guys. And the guys did a great job, but like at the guard spot, there just wasn't enough depth. And there was a lot to ask of right. three guys at your one, two, three spots to do all of that in say okay we'll like sub you out but you know really only gonna be about four or five minutes so i don't know i think they're in a better spot that way Uh, we'll just see how the talent meshes i'm really excited about where this team is at and for guys to step forward and make progress and see where they all mesh together um and i think juan has the experience and he can do it and i think he's figuring it out and he no longer has all those that many freshmen so he'll be very happy about that that'll be a huge 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 (laughs) Absolutely. It's such a young team, and that's what like a lot of people like looked over. I'm like, hello. Once we get more experience, is that going to be as? Yeah, they were they were they were starting four underclassmen. So it's, I mean, in in it, it Beeline would have would have killed himself. Like it was it was that's it was not sustainable, right? He said that the best thing about freshmen is they turn to sophomores. Like that's not why they lost to Central Michigan. If they don't lose to Central Michigan, they're in the tournament. I really yep. do believe that. So yeah, one hundred percent. Those, I mean, freshman type led teams, like that lack of experience, like those are the types of teams that lose those Central Michigan games. It just is what it is. I've been there before. I've seen it. I've done it. So it that's what happens. And so they won't, I don't, I, it won't be as big of a problem, I think, early on to like, okay, guys, we can't have, like, we're no longer going to have to play guys that are still learning how to get in help side, you know, at least 80% of the time. Like they have options to, sub guys in and out and all these guys are more experienced and they know all this now and it's more second nature. So I'm, you know, are they going to win the big 10? I don't know. Probably not. It's tough. The big 10 is tough, but like, whatever, I think they're going to keep making progress and I just want to see them keep making progress. And I want to see Juwan keep making progress. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for it. We'll see. I don't know, man, this is crazy. Like they're still, they're still in rumored, right. To be talking with other recruits. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know how this, any of this works, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, they got there's like, like rumors about. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be a wild ride still. Yeah, yeah the whole the NIL aspect might not be finalized yet. So yeah, I mean the whole NIL aspect and transfer portal. I mean it's just so hard to keep track of, and I mean I can't imagine how tough it would be to be a coach right now managing all this. 
all this turnover. It's got to be really crazy, but oh, yeah. they're still doing a lot of work. I, I mean, I, I, my mom was dying for me to be assistant coach, like for years and years and years. And I remember like my sophomore year, just deciding right then and there, I'd never be an assistant coach. It was, it was too much, yeah. just like high school recruiting. I honestly think high school recruiting still might be worse because transfer portal recruiting, like, yeah, you might take some in-home visits, but you don't have to go watch these guys play. Like you mm -hmm. want to watch yeah. them play, yeah. be on the phone, call them, have them on campus. Like you don't have to go chase down some kid you don't even know if like he's actually six six. He might be six three. Back to him in Arkansas. And <laughs> you don't have to do that as much. So I'm, I'm. It might be easier now. I might have to rethink my options. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, it was a great conversation. You know, thanks Definitely. again for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Really nice to always, you know, reminisce on those years because it's it's the years that revived Michigan basketball, and we're forever, you know, thankful for that and this whole run that's been ever since. So, um, you know, thanks again for coming on, Stu. We really yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you so yeah. much, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I'd always I'm hope I'm always welcome because I'd, I'd always come on every invite. Me and I, I'd, <laughs> Absolutely, I'd, man. Always, it's always good. You're to see always you welcome. Always. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. have you on again. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see more Michigan content and, and podcasts on Twitter, and I love the interactions. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it. For sure. You want to awesome. plug your stuff one more time, too, and just let them know where to find you. Yeah, yeah. So I got the Go Blues 2 podcast with the Field of 68, and I, I get a guest on each week for that, um, and a lot with Ant Wright, just kind of breaking down you know, trying to get a lot of former players. And then the other one, uh, excuse me, is the Men of Ann Arbor podcast. That's on Beyond the Big Ten Network. And that's with Nick Stauskas. And we, we break down the games each year or each year, each week. Um, I think we'll have some in the summer. I'll have some in the summer for both of them. We'll see what guests I can get on. But, you know, we'll break down some recruitment and stuff. But, yeah, again, transfer portal. You never know. It could be – I might have, like, an emergency podcast I need to record, like, <laughs> tomorrow of some big recruitment yep. comes in. You just never yep. know if Hunter comes back. Like, who knows? The crazy, <laughs> crazy things have happened, so we'll see. For sure. Well, as always, make sure to like and subscribe um, and tune in to all of our future things coming on Blue by 90, guys. So, as always, uh, go Blue. Go Blue. Hey, go Blue.